Well, I'm going to get straight into it because I know I've taken a bit of time, but I love to get passionate and I love God and I just want to see freedom. And, uh, you know, like when you just start to see things where, where you feel like there's chains and you feel like, you know what, I feel like the devil's winning, but he's not. And I will never declare that and he's not. We are winning. God is winning. God has won the victory in Jesus' name. So we're talking about you know, his heart, our heart, that is, that is a, a theme for, for this, these next couple of weeks. And today we're talking about the heart for the one. And I know, Sally, that you said, I don't want to be the only one, but he has a heart for the one. And it doesn't matter if we just pray for one person or if we pray for 50 people. His heart is for each and every single one of us. And, you know, these days we love hashtags. And if there was a hashtag, it'd be everyone matters. One word, one capitals, everyone matters. So why don't you turn to me to John uh, 4, 1, 18. Or if you don't have your Bibles, it'll be up on the screen as well. And, it's t- and this is about the, uh, Jesus and the Samaritan woman. And uh, if, you, if you know your scriptures already, that just sounds a bit funny. Jesus and the Samaritan woman. But from John 4, 1 to 18. Jesus learned that the Pharisees has heard Jesus is baptizing and making more disciples than John though Jesus himself didn't baptize them. His disciples did. So he left Judea to return to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria. On the way, eventually he came to a Samaritan village of Sychar, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, "'Please give me a drink.' He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you're a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, "If, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who I am, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket. She said, and this is a very deep well. Where would you get this living water? And besides, are you greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his cattle enjoyed? Jesus replied, people soon become thirsty again after drinking this water. But the water I give them takes away the thirst altogether. It becomes a perpetual spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me some of that water. Then I'll never be thirsty again. And I won't have to come here and haul water. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. She said, you're right. You don't have a husband, for you had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. That makes me thirsty. So this story, actually, I will have a drink. Thank you. This story, there's a few things about this story. You know, going through Samaria wasn't the easiest route. I mean, it was the easiest route. But because they had such a conflict with the Jews and the Samaritans, they would take the the longer route. And I'm not really sure if it was rockier or mountier. I actually didn't look that part up, but it was a longer route. And so instead of coming through the town, 
they decided not to avoid this. We're going to go around the longer route. For, so for Jesus and his disciples to come through this way, it was a little bit odd. I was like, why would you go through that way? But I, I feel like that, you know, Jesus, you know, the, the Jews actually just despised the Samaritans. So, so they just they didn't want to face them at all. And I feel like that Jesus in his alone time with the Father, which he did often, it speaks about how he went away alone to, to speak with his Father, our Father. I feel like in that time he said, go through Samaria. And, you know, Jesus might not have known why. He might have not have going, oh, I don't know if I want to go through there. It could be dangerous. Um, but he was like, let his will be done. So he walked and took his disciples through Samaria. You know, at this stage, salvation was really only for the Jews or was only known in the Jews and, and the Samaritans were kind of outcasts. They were, the, the salvation wasn't for them. But I feel like that this was a start of Jesus breaking that. And it was a start of Samaritans, those are outside, being saved. And for Jesus to come through, this is a breakthrough moment in history. And it was starting with a heart for the one. And then you look at Jacob's well. The woman was living on a past blessing. And Jacob had become maybe an idol or a god because they, they blessed him with this well. And there was obviously water f- flowing internally and, and, it, and it helped them live. So she was living on a past blessing. But Jesus, he used a physical illustration to show a spiritual revelation. And three things we can learn from Jesus in this story. Number one, Jesus' food was people. I know that sounds a little weird because Jesus did not eat people. But his passion, it says in verse, at the, uh, further in this uh, scripture, in verse 32, it says, uh, Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus to eat. No, he said, I have food you don't know about. Who brought it to him? The disciples asked each other. Then Jesus explained, My nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. So he's basically saying the food and the drink, yes, we do need it in our bodies, but that is not what satisfies me. That's not what I'm hungry for. So he was using this physical illustration of food and drink, but his hunger was see the work of God work through in people's lives. That was what he was passionate about. That's why he didn't worry if he missed a lunchtime meal because he was seeing one person saved because his hunger was for God. His hunger was, he was passionate for God. You know, but it's easy to get distracted from the will of our Father. Who agrees? I do. I, find, I feel like it's so easy to get distracted. You know, we can, we can become consumed with what we're going to eat for lunch. Maybe some people are thinking about that already or, or like, you know, about our work tomorrow or, or about raising a family or about whatever life is. You know, we get consumed in life and all these things are good things. They're good things. But I believe that, you know, the enemy's mission is to distract us from doing God's will. And he uses sometimes, you know, sometimes bad things, but sometimes good things to distract us from doing God's will. So we're thinking more about, okay, about my lunch. Okay, what sauce shall I have on it? Or, you know, whatever you're thinking, instead of thinking about, okay, what can I do that is in God's will? Not that eating is not God's will, but what can we do for others? Do you, am I making it confusing? <laughs> I'll move on. 
You know, we can also say, oh, well, you know, we'll just wait for the next season or, or until this season comes. You know, in verse 35, it says, do you think the work of the harvesting will not begin until summer ends four months from now? Look around you. Vast fields are ripening all around us and are ready now for the harvest. You know, again, he's using that physical illustration for a spiritual revelation. And, and he's, he's saying the harvest is ready. The harvest is ready. I know on, on Thursday night we also prayed for the workers. You know, there's a, there's a scripture that says pray for the workers because the harvest is ready. As in the harvest of people getting saved is ready. Look around you. There's people who need Jesus and they are ready for him. So, so he's saying don't wait four months, like using that physical. Don't wait until it's ready. It's ready now. Let's go out and, and do his will. You know, even if it's a season of rest, which is what they were in because they'd sowed and they're waiting for the, the crops to, um, to be ready. So they were kind of in a season of, of rest waiting. So even if we're in that season, um, yeah, so even if, when we're in that season, it, it's, it's still time for God's will to be done. Because it's interesting that at the start of this story, Jesus stopped to rest. He was weary, he was tired, he was hot, but he stopped to rest. So he could have sat down and just just sat there and just go, I'm going to wait for my disciples to come back and and this is my time of of rest. But he he saw an opportunity when when that Samaritan woman came and got some water. He said, you know what? God, my father, brought me this way, I reckon, for this very moment. So he was like, even in my season of rest, I'm going to speak out. So we can easily forget that we can live on mission for God, every day, everywhere, and with everyone. God's will is outworked with people and in places and activities within our everyday life. We just need to have a heart that cares, eyes to see, and a willingness to obey. This is for me as well. This is every day we can, we can ask that question. And some other questions we can ask ourselves. Is our food or hunger to do the will of God? Are we passionate for the will of God? What drives us, satisfies us on the day-to-day basis? It could be our careers. Yes, we do that every single day, but, you know, that's, that's not eternity. That's just putting us in places where we can reach people that other people might not be able to reach. I work in the city. I work for eBay. And, you know, God has put me in a place where maybe you guys can't reach those people because you don't work for eBay. But I love it in there. I love it that I can speak to, into people's lives. You know, are we open to being reminded and empowered afresh to live every day with God's heart and mission for others? How would we get up and going about our day tomorrow, how would it look different if we went on that day considering the one and the harvest? Are we willing to stop and have a conversation with someone? Which brings me to point number two. Jesus intentionally reached out. He had the heart for the one without any crowds or people being around. You know, there, there's so many stories. When you look at the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, uh, there's so many stories where, where Jesus had the heart for the one. You look at and, and just the difference that it made when he actually reached out and saw the ones. Even in crowds, he saw the ones. And, and, and people's lives, they had encounters with him and they were completely transformed. You know, the Samaritan woman had an impacting encounter 
that changed the course of her life and eternity because Jesus defied the social norm of speaking to a woman in those days and a Samaritan and started a conversation with her. In our everyday lives, are we taking the longer road? Are we taking that rockier road, the rougher road, whatever it is road, just because we trying to avoid someone? It's like we're walking, you know, it's like the Good Samaritan. We're walking along the road, it's like, oh, walk this way. Because you just don't want to face that. You know, maybe, maybe in the morning you go, God, give me an opportunity. And there's an opportunity. And you're like, not that opportunity. And you kind of walk around. Like, are we doing that? We do it. Like, we're human. We do it. I do it. But, but you know, are we ready just to, I know we're not ready for that one, but are we ready for that one? People who need Jesus. Sometimes, often we avoid the people who need Jesus. And we like, we like to walk along this way because these guys know Jesus. But this person is desperate. He's hungry. He wants something different. And yet we've got the answers, but we're walking the longer road. So we can't, so we don't, you know, have that awkward conversation with him that Jesus loves him. Well, we're doing what God has called to be in helping others and bringing others to him. And we can give them hope just by showing that we have a heart for the one. You know, the Bible says, and just for time's sake, I won't go there, but in Matthew, it says that we are, we are the light of the hill. We are the light on the hill. And, you know, if we are a light on the hill, we're not going to cover up and, and hide and, and be, a, be a darkness or be something that doesn't shine. You know, God has given us this light so that we can shine and so we can share to others about the light that he has given us. You know, Jesus is the light and we kind of reflect that light onto other people. So let's just... Continue to be that light on the hill. Continue to see those opportunities as, you know what? It might be awkward, but they need Jesus. They need to hear the message of Jesus. I love it that everyone is on a journey. And, and, and you can kind of see it that everyone is on a journey to meeting Jesus. Point number three. Jesus turned an everyday moment into a spiritual experience. Now, don't get weird on us and feel like that every conversation has to be a spiritual one and then take it to that level every single time we speak to someone because that's not what it's about. It's, it's about, you know, sometimes we're just sowing that seed. Sometimes we're just sowing some words or buying someone a coffee or, or buying someone a meal and just sowing seed. They might not be ready to go deep. They might not be in that stage, in that journey to go deep yet. So we just do those things. But other times people are ready. And, and we can go more spiritual and, and, and even doesn't have to be weird. Jesus wasn't weird. He just, he just told a few truths. He didn't just go, like, go crazy and weird and whatever. He just spoke some things that spoke to her heart. And I just, I just believe when we, when we pray to God that he will show us the people in our lives that they're ready, I believe that he will show it to us. I believe that in our everyday lives, there's people who are ready and there's people who just need that, that seed sown a little bit more. Or so there's people that just need that relationship. Just start with that relationship. Take these opportunities. You know, it stretches us. It, it makes us bold and it shows us what we believe inside and what we're hungry for. You know, Jesus was able to get to her heart because he had heard from his father, as I said before. He spent time with him. 
Let's spend time with our Father. Let's in the mornings, let's just go, God, I just want to read your word. I just, I'm just so hungry. Like, I know that I'm hungry for breakfast, but I just, I'm hungry for you. I put you first. And then, you know, the breakfast, breakfast will come and it doesn't matter if I miss out. Thank you, Jody. <laughs> I don't eat breakfast very often anyway. You know, he wasn't judgmental or, like I said, made it weird or he wasn't pointing fingers or, or making her feel guilty or whatever. You know, it was interesting that the disciples had gone to get lunch and it was just him and, and uh, the Samaritan woman. And so he, he, he spoke truth into the life, but he didn't embarrass her. He didn't just say, oh, in front of everyone, oh, you're doing this and this and this. And even though that the town probably knew that, but the disciples might not have known. So he, he protected her and he just told a few truths that he heard from our father and it just brought freedom into her life. That private conversation brought that freedom. You know, we should start to see our every day as people who are on a journey to meeting Jesus. And I mentioned that before. And, and that people are just on different parts of that journey. You know, I, I, there's a girl at work that she, she's kind of looking into that, the mindfulness um, and like just she's searching, she, she just, she's confused. And, and I've had a few chats with her and, and, and the other day she's like, oh, let's go for a walk. And, and she asked me like why I, I um, you know, I'm not stressed at work and, and like how I've dealt with stress in the past and, and disappointments. And, and, you know, I was able to share. And, you know, the only, there's, there's no other story. It's, it's God like is in my life. And, and that I talk to him, and I, I talk to him every day. I go for walks at lunchtime. You know, I talk to him. He healed me from depression and anxiety that I was going through for a year through, through a marriage breakup. And he healed me overnight. And I, I, I just started telling her all these things. And I just couldn't believe it. I was like, and I was so, something rose inside of me. And it's just like, I can only tell the truth to her. I can only, I'm not going to just say that, oh, yeah, just, you know, it was time, which is true. It was time that kind of healed me. And it was time and, and you know, just getting myself right in, in my mind. And no, it's God. God healed me. And, and I was so excited just to share that with her. And you know what? But I didn't, I didn't go too deep because I didn't feel like she was ready. But we work together, so there's many other opportunities. And, and I know that she's thinking about that now. She's thinking about a God who heals. And I know that she, she shared a few things that happened in her past, and it needs healing. And, and, and I, I know that she's questioning it. And, and I feel like that she, she needs to come to a point where it's her revelation. Like I love, what I love about this story as I come to close, if we can have the, the, the band to come back up, the worship team. What I love most about this story is the heart for the one reached many. The heart for the one reached many. You know, Jesus could have walked. He could have heard God say, I want you to go to Samaria. So he could have went straight to Samaria and missed this opportunity and started speaking in Samaria where he wasn't very invited. And he may have reached no one even that woman. But he, he, he sees an opportunity, reaches to the one, and that one woman goes back to the town who everyone would have known and probably knew all their husbands and, and said there's something different about her. And she, she got that passion, that hunger, and runs to the town and said, I've met the Messiah. He's here at Jacob's well. He's, he knows everything about my life and he doesn't know me though, but he knows everything. And, and he's reached out to this woman who's, 
who, the Bible says later in the verse, at the end of the verse, it says, then they said, these, these are the other, other woman, they said to the woman, now we believe because we have heard him ourselves. Not just because what you have told us. He is indeed the saviour of the word. So they saw Jesus in person and then they had a, their own revelation of who Jesus was. And then for them, they, they were like, he can only be Jesus. But, you know, for us, we don't actually see Jesus in the physical. But that's where it's faith. We believe that, that Jesus is our saviour. And I love that so much, that his heart for the one reached many, many people. So everyone matters. Even if you are here this morning and you believe or you, you maybe you've been told that you don't matter. That is a lie. You matter. You matter to God. You matter so much to God. You know, even in a crowd of many, many people, if you were in that crowd, He will see you. And He loves you so much. He cares for you, just like He cared for that Samaritan. And I really want to challenge you. Who can we reach? You know, Pastor John Pierce, who oversees uh, uh, C3 Australia, he has many people who could, he could reach. So do we. But his prayer to God is, show me who is ready. Show me who is ready to go deeper. Show me who is ready for me to go deeper, to receive Christ. If not, let's continue to sow seed. Why don't we just...